Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, I will be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. You're listening to part two of a two-part series. Today's guest is Mr. Larry Thomas. He is the Army veteran a trustee at St. Catherine's Catholic Church in Arneville, and he's going to tell you, got a lot more titles. And today's co-host is his wife, Charlotta Thomas. Welcome to the show, Charlotta. Thank you, Todd. All right. Larry, tell us about yourself. Start early. Let's go young. (laughs) Uh, Graduated from a school called Arneville High School, which is, well, there's Arneville Elementary. But I come from a, a farm. I come from a plantation, so so therefore I know my descendants were were, were slave descendants, and uh, from that point on we uh, moved to the town of Arneville. The story about it was that uh, we more or less got booted off the farm. Oh, uh, to be honest, uh, the uh, person that owned the farm wanted my brothers my, uh, to continue to be sharecroppers. Mm. My father's idea was, no, 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 they're going to be their own men. So he told them, well, you got to go. And and it made a big change in, in all our lives as far as, as the brothers. We, we found out that uh, our father didn't have the things that he wanted, his dream, but uh, we believe that we have lived this dream. And, and so we continue to strive that, and we tell the family about that. Now, where, where were y'all before? It's a little place called Platin, as some people might okay. hear. Pacon, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not too far. Not too far, but yeah. far enough. <laughs> but it was it was a great place, to be mm-hmm. honest. It was not the worst of place. It was a great place. We still talk about it as far as the siblings, the memories that we had there, and and how much good times we had. We had some rough times, but uh, we were a large family. We were twelve. Wow. And then with our father and mother, that made it 14. So it was a mm-hmm. big family. Mm-hmm. We know what the Waltons meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, after that, I just decided I I didn't want to stay home. A lot, a lot of my friends, we had made a pact. We were going to join the military. We we're going to do this and that. And majority of us did. I joined the military. I had a great career. Unfortunately, I got hurt, and it ended my career. And... Uh, I wind up back in Louisiana. Like Charlotte, failed marriage, started over again, went in the oil field, got my neck broken, <laughs> and went back to work and got in the post office and worked at the post office for many years and found out, again, your disability now is going to restrict your work. So post office had to retire me also. So uh, I became very involved in the community. Uh, I became a member of the Veterans of Foreign Wars and became the post quartermaster. We became All-American. Then while that was going on, I I remember a part of the book of Genesis where 
God gave man dominion over everything, and it just kept eating away at me. And I decided we formed the Property of Jesus Men's Group, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a group that uh, really we still exist. We do rosaries, and if someone's sick in the community, we go over and pray with the family. So tell me, when you were in the army, where did that take you? For, well, it took me to Korea. Okay. It took me to Europe. England, Holland, wow. Belgium, Italy. It took me to uh, Fort Hood, Texas. It took me to uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia, Fort Leonardwood, Missouri. It took me a lot of places. Wow. So a young man from Arneville goes into the Army. Did they think that you had an accent? or? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in basic training, uh, they called me the Jamaican boy. <laughs> I, I could never understand it until I started meeting Jamaicans. But at first, they, everybody said, hey, Jamaican boy. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you calling me Jamaican? I'm, I'm from Louisiana. But it was the accent. Uh-huh. It was the accent. And did you maintain your faith? You seem like you have such a deep faith, and I can tell it comes from way back. But where did that come from? You know, and Did you maintain that through the Army? Well, in the military, you start to go straight. You yeah. really, but you keep praying, but you go astray. When I come home, my mom was one of the firm believers. You better bring that uniform, and you're going to church. <laughs> so whenever I come home on on leave, I had to bring the uniform and and go to church. It, it was one wow. of the big biggest things. And every time she talked to me, she was she would talk to me about God. God's been good to you. God's blessed you. Thank God for this. Thank God for that. She never let me forget is, is one of the things about wow. it. She never let me forget. Now, Charlotta, you know this man in church in his uniform was looking good. There ain't no doubt about that. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm and, sure you And ironically, it. I told him this story. I think I was 14 years old. I was sitting at the front pew at church, and I did see him in that uniform, and his parents were there. But again, I didn't know him. Right. Didn't know him. In the same church that um, that we got married as well, so it's just ironic some of the connections that we have. So, what do you think, Larry? Like, when after the army did you really dig back in your faith? Did you have a conversion? Would you say there was so many things happened? I shared it with Charlotte. I shared it with some of the family members. When I first got back home after the retirement from the military, it's called the American Dream: the house, the car, the picket fence. Mm-hmm had it all and I used to talk to my mom so much about that and she would tell me yeah but you thank God for that and to be honest I used to say yes mom yes mom and but I more or less thought about it as what I accomplished and then the walls start crashing in divorce came but before divorce came I lost my job everything in the house started to break my bank account went from this to zero, and there was nothing I could do to stop it. Nothing. To the point that one day I just sat and cried. Because now I've really found out I was not in control. Mm-hmm. And there was that mom of mine that would constantly would sit down and pray with me and let me know that it's going to be okay. God's going to take care of you. You're a child of God. You don't worry about that. It's going to be all right. And, and that's my faith. That's my faith, that uh, 
as I tell people sometimes, I'm like spoiled milk. And they'll say, what do you mean by that? I said, you know, spoiled milk, it goes down at the bottom, but it rises to the top and it becomes the cream. So, yeah, right now things are going bad, but it, I'm going to rise to the top. And that's, that's just the way I live my life. We always like sports in our house, you know, and my dad, uh, he always used to say the cream will always rise to the top, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we were a, talking about the basketball game before we came here, yes. you know, and the cream always rises to the top. <laughs> so, okay, so tell me all this while, like you, you say you had 11 siblings, you know, how was their faith life? I mean, you had some, I'm sure, that, that, that led you along the way? They all did. They all did. I was the baby of the family. They, they still call me the baby. Amen. I say, I'm the youngest. I'm, I'm not the baby. I'm the youngest. <laughs> and uh, they all took that time to, to always give me some kind of word of encouragement, even now in life. Even though I'm, I'm involved in all the communities, events, they're always watching out. They're looking out for my back. And telling me all the time, you're a man of God, you know, you pray a lot, don't worry about that. So that's an encouraging thing for me. When I start to feel pressured or down, I remember that they're always telling me, you know, God is going to take care of you, you'll be okay. So you're like living the book of Genesis, you know, your dad was like Jacob and you're like Joseph, right? I mean, yeah. this is like crazy, there's 12, yeah. you know, pretty, pretty interesting parallels there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, you, you at what point at this point in your life did you meet Charlotta? That's how it was you? after, as I said, after I had the neck injury. At that time, two bad things happened in, in, in life after I had the neck injury. My mom, in fact, yeah, that same year, mm-hmm. my mom passed away mm-hmm. on, uh, on this, well, she passed away December the 6th, but they buried her December the 12th. And that is my birthday. Mm. Two years before that, my oldest brother died on my birthday, which was December the 12th. Wow. And then a brother of mine, about two months later, he passed away. And it, one of the things I learned about death was while I was watching my mom, I heard a little voice say to me, how much do you love her? And... I didn't say anything, I just looked around the room and the voice came back again, how much do you love her? Do you love her enough to let her go? Or you love her to watch her stay here and suffer? And that probably was the best thing I ever heard in my life, was how much do you really love? And I, I, I made my peace that day, I said, you know, mom, I said, if, if you gotta go, you gotta go, but I still love you. And that really helped me. That helped me cope with the fact of her dying and my brother dying and everybody else that in life, we're gonna take these losses. But that love that we have in our heart for them, that's not going anywhere. You know, it's not going anywhere unless we allow it to go. Yeah. I wanna share something real private with y'all that I've never, no one knows this really other than my wife, but. When my mother passed away a few years ago, we were super close. And again, I'm the youngest of six mm-hmm. boys. And, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with her caretaker and just saying, you know, I, I, I hope my mother, you know, that she knew how much I loved her. And the caretaker, you know, 
kind of pulled me aside and she said, you know, she mentioned to me, I just want you to know this week, the week that she passed, she said, you know, she knew that she had a lot of people in her life that had loved her, you know, but she said, she mentioned you and she says, Todd, she told me that you loved her differently. And I was like, oh my, you know, what a, what a wonderful compliment. Like you said, you know, for your mother to, to say that, to, to hear those words, just so powerful to know that she felt my love, you know? very and powerful the thing about my mom was my family my mom and I Charlotta will say you and your mom talk like that we talked about anything mm-hmm. anything wide open and that's why we were not only just mother and son but friend because I could I could come up to her and just tell her mom listen and sometimes she wouldn't be too pleased with what I would say, but at the, at the end of the story, she said, "But Mom still love you, though, <laughs> you know." And and that's the that's the thing that, you know, Charlotte and I we might have a disagreement sometimes, and I'll tell her, "But I still love you." Yeah, you know? that's so beautiful. Well, I want to remind our listeners: you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and uh, just today's guest is a wonderful man, Mr. Larry Thomas and his wife, Charletta. And I'm going to let Charletta jump in here, but just beautiful testimony. And uh, I'll share some more with y'all over Lent because I've gotten some pings over this conversation. But go ahead, Charletta. Okay. Well, I know, Larry, that you've mentioned in the past that um, growing up in Orneville may not have been the easiest thing for you. I know that you went from Catherine Jaxel to going to Orneville High and becoming the first black athlete basketball player there. So can you share with the audience what that experience was like for you and now moving to the present with your spirituality about that? It was different. It was hard at one point. It was, it was really, really hard. It was hard. It was doing the still, the integration had really just taken place in. Quite a few of the people that went to Orneville weren't pleased with it. I mean, I, I love the community of Orneville. I have nothing against anyone. But when when I first went there, some of the, some of the students weren't really nice. Mm. They weren't really nice. And I shared with Charlotte at one point that uh, I just had walked away from school. I just told my parents, please don't let me go back to that school. And uh, I really had asked my father and my mom, and I actually was crying. And my father pulled me out the house and he says, you see, as long as you can see the back door of that school, that's where you're going. Hmm. And one of the things that he said, and you need to get on back to that school before you get in trouble. And after Charlotte and I spoke about that, I remembered that when he got kicked off the farm, he had to be strong for us. So I, I assumed that all he was telling me is that no matter how tough it is, you go back in there and fight. And really, by the time I graduated, it was probably one of the best schools that I wouldn't want to trade schools with anybody, no matter what. I love the school. I, I'm still a member of whenever they say Orneville High School, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't easy. What year did you go? 75. Okay. All right. 
I watched the uh, movie recently of Texas Wesleyan. You, you watched the movie with the coach, uh, and it was the it was that was a great just yeah, totally yeah, enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. You and I are kindred spirit. I love basketball. We I think we all do sitting at this <laughs> table. You know, uh, my father played basketball for Tulane way back in the day. This is ooh, way back in the day in the forties, but yeah, lo- love me some basketball. So yeah, that's so beautiful, Larry. So tell me a little bit about. Do you have a favorite saint? My favorite saint, St. Paul. I sat at his table <laughs> doing a Casilla. What I love about St. Paul is he's telling people about conversion. And one of the things that I love about it, he says, uh, I will not boast in myself. I will boast in the Lord. When I am weak, I'm strong. When I'm strong, I'm weak. Which means that when you stop thinking about God, focusing on yourself, that's where you wind up being that weak person. So I'm I'm prone to throughout the day I tell Charlotte or everybody, man, I had to stop and talk to God about this, man. It was it was rough or I just do something, I I thank God because I have no other answer to how come I've accomplished what I've accomplished, where I'm at now today, and I'm trying to pass that on to my kids and everybody I meet. Mm. I said last week that Larry hit the lottery, but now I'm thinking Charlotte hit the lottery. God dog it. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. <laughs> what a what a wonderful man. Okay, Larry. So this is a tough one. As a Catholic, how do we explain? What is your thought and theory or? that you would explain to a non-Catholic that Jesus is truly present in that Eucharist. You know, what, what, mm-hmm. what's your take on that? You know, is and as a Eucharistic minister, you can one probably of, to that. Uh, one of the things, uh, we have a son-in-law, he's Baptist, and every once in a while he comes <laughs> to church with us, and, you know, you got to take what you can get. And I sat one day and explained to him that Catholicism, our services, when, when we when the priest is blessing the host, I said, that is really the Last Supper. And he looked at me. I said, that's the Last Supper. Everything that he's saying, this is the Last Supper. And that's not just a reenactment. That is the Last Supper. And if you have any worries, if you have any, any anxieties, if you're asking for something, I say, when he picks up the host, give it to God right there. And he went to the service with us a couple of weeks later, and during that time he turned and he looked at me when this was happening. I just said, I love that. That's all I did to him. I just shook my, nod my head. And that is what I feel in Catholicism, that I can knock. The word is the word. But in Catholicism, we, we do every practice, the last, the last supper. Yeah, well said. You know, John 6, right? I mean, <laughs> ooh, powerful stuff right there. Very well said. Charlotta, come on. Stump Larry. <laughs> I know with um, when we're having to deal with our adult children, 
what is the most prominent thing that we want to share with our with our kids with our five kids and our grandchildren we have 12 together I have my six for my children and he has six we did lose one through a miscarriage mm -hmm. I had a daughter that did lose one so I really have seven and um, but we have 12 Y'all got and a lot of 12s going on, okay? I just you want to tell that? you that. Yeah, you they, that? December everything, 12, 12, this 12. My friend yeah. Calvin, that's his Holy Spirit number. He's smiling yeah. right now. Yes. Yeah. So how do we deal with them? With our children, be an example. Mm -hmm. as, as many people, I talk to many people, the most important thing for me in life is to be an example for them. And the things that I do in life, maybe it may not occur or happen to me or for me, but that it occurs for my kids, my grandkids. My father's been dead since 1976, and I'm still meeting people that are alive right now that'll tell me, your father was a great man. That's an awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm praying and hoping to God that my kids, my grandkids, 30 years, 40 years later, say, you're Larry Thomas' son or daughter or grandchild? That's a good man. Come on, I'm going to help you with that. That is what I'm trying to do with my kids, with my family, to set that example, to show them the best person that I can be. I'm not perfect. I slip, I trip, I fall, but I'm going to get back up. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's so well said. Mm -hmm. So, Larry, tell me, who, <clears throat> who are your mentors? Who, who in your life is really do you look to as your, your spiritual leaders? <clears throat> First one was my mom. Yeah. First was her. Second, I have a brother now that... Uh, we really, we really, we probably talk five to six times a day. Wow. And we keep each other afloat. In fact, he called me just as I was getting in the parking lot just to talk. That is the second one. And my, my wife told me one day, she said, don't tell him that. I said, you know what? One of my oldest brothers who died was my best friend. And I said, now nah, he's my best friend. And she said, don't tell him that because he's going to feel real bad. Mm -hmm. I, uh, to be honest, also that I had three great deacons at St. Catherine. They, mm -hmm. really, they really helped me. In fact, one of them worked with me so much that I said, I'm, I'm going to Christia. Mm -hmm. And I think those three deacons... And whenever I, I'm full with things, I can pick up the phone and call them. And they always take the time to, to talk to me and to, to give me some insight on, on things. And I want to shout out to my brother Randy. <clears throat> I have five brothers, but my brother Randy's an avid listener of the show, and he's always my worst critic, you know. <laughs> and uh, I know he'll be listening to this show as well. But uh, he's a, he's my, my buddy, and uh, we we have a close spiritual relationship as well. We talk a lot during the week about spiritual things. So wow. So what's next for you? You got a lot on your plate. I think there's a lot going on. I'm still writing. Nice. I'm, I'm writing. Uh, 
I want to uh, explore that field. Uh, I get in a rut at times, and I call it writer's cramp. But Charlotte will tell you, I'm always writing. It might be 11 o'clock at night. I'm, I'm writing. And she's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm writing. If it, if it, whenever it hits, <clears throat> I get up and write. Writers write. And, and I just continue to do that. I probably got enough for a book right now, but I don't have the, as they say, the gumption right yeah, now. It's yeah. like I, I need to do a little bit more. All right, here's a good question. Uh, if and when you write a book, have you thought about what the title will be? Charletta, what do you think? <laughs> well, I know he mentions a lot about his dad yeah. um, and his mom, so I'm sure it's going to root from that era, mm -hmm. what he's going to come up with. Because he's also written a poem about his mom when his mom passed away. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure he's going to come up with that. I'm sure it's about the roads he's traveled and the things that he's experienced in life. And just to share that with other people, that to have hope. Um, so many um, individuals that we may meet are hopeless. Uh, well, you need to be hopeful. Um, be optimistic. Um, uh, our parents went through it. Our parents' parents went through it. And here we are. We have to now go through that. So just to be hopeful and have faith. So if you haven't thought of a title, well, I'm challenging you. You need to you need to start thinking about that title. Yeah. Maybe that'll give you the gumption to, to finish. finish that book. Yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> I've had uh, several guests on the show that have written books uh, here from here in Acadiana, and I think that there's something to that. I think that uh, as Cajun Catholics, we 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 want more and we want to share more, and we we have a lot to give, not just. Uh, Louisiana, but the whole country, and when it comes to our faith and to sharing it, I, I do believe that. I believe it. you said it earlier. It's a special place, and I think it's our faith that 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 that, that separates us. What Cursia had you attended? What's your Cursia number? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's been so long. What year? About <clears throat> it was 2001 because yeah, I went 2001. in 2000. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a great time. Yeah. And if I, I, I could and tell it was around this. Pentecost, I think. Oh, Wasn't yours around Pentecost? Yeah. Mine was on Pentecost, yeah. 05 mm -hmm. for me. I made a joke at Cursia, and I, I shared it with Charletta. It was about, uh, we were just being open, and I just told everybody, I says, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to get married, but uh, I have another woman also in my life. And so everybody that in my table was just looking at me. <laughs> I said, I, I love her and she loves me. And I said, I just can't break away from her. And they were like, you know, they were actually caught up into it. But to make a long story short, I went to, the, to my bed and came back. And it was little Debbie Pies. <laughs> <laughs> you went in a different direction than I thought that was going. So they were... They were caught, and then they just started laughing. They said, we never thought you'd come up with that. I said, yeah, that's the woman I'm sweet on. <laughs> I love it. I always thought you were going to say the Virgin Mary. I was like, okay. <laughs> it was little Debbie. It was little Debbie. Well, thank you all so much for being on the show and sharing your faith. I haven't known you all for very long, but I love you both. And uh, you, know, you know that you'll be in my prayers, and I ask for yours. 
definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Todd, for inviting us uh, today. Beautiful. Again, you know, we like to say Cajun Catholics is a marriage of faith and culture. And, uh, you know, just two wonderful people on the show today and uh, a blessing in my life to have been here. Again, you can hear us on Spotify or on uh, Apple Podcasts if you search Cajun Catholics. Any of the old episodes are on there. Again, this was part two of Charletta and Larry Thomas. And so, again, until next time, we ask you to engage the Cajun Catholic in your year. God bless you both. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you as well. Thank you.